Did you know 663 million people live without clean drinking water every day? That's nearly one in 10. Let me tell you about my friends at FNX. FNX can solve all your health, nutrition, and supplement needs because they are first class in making their products so you can be at your best. Whether you're a CrossFit freak, bodybuilder, or just mom and dad making it a point twice per week, FNX will elevate your game. I have been using FNX and I feel and see the difference. The protein, delicious. My workouts, way more intense. And my energy, there all day. Try it for yourself. Visit fnxfit.com. Use code 4C15. That's 4C15 for 15% off each order. What's more, every time you make a purchase, a child in need receives one gallon of clean drinking water. FNX has donated over 100,000 gallons of clean drinking water. Make your mark today. Welcome in, everybody. It's the podcast, Pete Forsey. Another week of football in the books. We had uh, another great game out in L.A. It seems to be at SoFi Stadium. If you want to watch a damn good football game, that's where you go. Whether it's the Rams, whether it's the Chargers, you're going to be due for uh, some primetime football. And the Chargers got another victory. Justin Herbert, he is humming. Uh, Baker Mayfield, definitely a good game, but not a great game. And again, playing from behind, could not get Cleveland to a victory. I'm going to touch on how really Cleveland, they are approaching the contract extension with Baker in the same way that Dallas did. However, it appears they're approaching it the same and going the different direction than the other. And I think it's the right move. And we'll touch on why Baker should not be extended by the Browns. But definitely going to talk about off the top here, the Kansas City Chiefs really don't like what I'm hearing from the players. Whether it's Tyron Matthew, whether it's Mahomes, um, just you know the show and go effort. It's not getting it done, and the the uh, record says the record says it. They're two and three, and the Bills just had their way with Kansas City yesterday. We'll touch on them right away, but also want to talk about the Astros and their uh, alleged sign stealing again. Ryan Tapera of the Sox talked about that uh, after the game on Sunday evening. I had that game going along with the Chiefs. Um, So we'll touch on that, along with John Gruden and his 2011 email. Did that have an effect on the game? How should Gruden be uh, looked at going forward? We'll dive into the Raiders and John Gruden there. And then, of course, um, you know, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, they kicked us off here in Week 5. I think they have issues, obviously, with quarterback and going forward here, but their issues are much deeper than that, and it involves the head coach, and the general manager. We'll talk about that. It's episode 57 of the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. So definitely want to dive in off the top here, talking about the Chiefs. They lost to the Bills Sunday night football. Josh Allen definitely coming into his own. Uh, definitely think there are some things that worry me, but overall his game, as far as placing the football, uh, his running ability with his legs, his arm, and his ability to make a lot of throws off script, uh, on script, on time, and obviously throwing the ball deep. He's really got the Bills playing at a high level. And I know that that Knox guy and, uh, of course, Stephon Diggs, I mean, they, they got some weapons out there. 
and the defense really showed up against the Chiefs. And really, I want to talk about Kansas City. It was worrying me about three weeks ago, and there's been some post-game comments, one from Mahomes a couple weeks ago when they lost to the Chargers, and now you got Tyron Matthew uh, tweeting out, or he didn't tweet out. I, I saw it via a tweet from the great Nate Taylor via the Athletic Covers, the Chiefs. He said, quote, everybody in this league wants what we have, all the success that we've had. Teams are chasing that, that glory. Again, that's safety, Tyron Matthew. And this just kind of reinforced what I thought about Kansas City and their just mindset. And that's that they think number 15 is just going to save them. They think that Patrick Mahomes each game is just going to save their bacon each and every time out. And, And we're realizing that they have no respect for 60 minutes. They have no respect for the three phases of football, special teams, defense. They only think that passing the ball with Patrick Mahomes is going to win them the game, and it's not. Patrick Mahomes, he's not playing that well. He really isn't. He's already matched his uh, interception total, which interceptions, not always the great way to uh, gauge whether a guy is playing turnover-free football. But when you do match it from last year to this year, and we're all, all only in week five, about to head to week six, this this is a big issue. And I know that he throws for a whole bunch of yards, and I know that he he did it yesterday. I think uh, what I'm looking at here, as far as the Chiefs, he had thrown for 272 yards, so it wasn't quite 300, but he threw the ball 54 times. So really just not even a good day. A couple touchdowns, yeah, 272 yards isn't bad, but when, when you contextualize it, 54 times he dropped back? I mean, that's just absurd. One, to ask that of him, and two, to think that that's going to be a winning formula for football games. And, you know, they have this sorry-ass defense that just gets way too pressure-happy. You got Spagnolo, who, who's, you know, had some great defenses, okay? He, he, he coordinated one to a Super Bowl last year, Super Bowl championship before that, so I'm not saying he's an idiot, but, you know, you, you look at some of the revived defenses uh, this year, and it's going to be Las Vegas, who's been a little bit better. They weren't good yesterday against the Bears. We'll talk about uh, the Raiders here in a minute as well. But you look at Dallas. They have simplified things. They're playing faster. They're playing smarter. I just think with Spags, you know, he, he's trying to just dial up all this pressure to force a turnover. And nobody knows where to go. You got Daniel Sorensen, who is getting roasted everywhere I look, whether it's stuff I read uh, or stuff I listen to. I've never seen a safety get so much heat after one game, and it's well-deserved. He was awful yesterday. I just look at this Chiefs team between what they're doing on defense, what they're saying after the games, how they're playing during the games on offense. It's all pretty bad. I'm not seeing anything that I really like. There hasn't been one bright spot. And Patrick Mahomes, look, excellent player, high-level player, top one, two, or three quarterback in the league, you could probably make the argument with two other players, and you know that's a debate that we're not going to have here. But he's not playing well. And right now, the Chiefs are two and three, staring at week six, potentially being the last uh, team in the division. So are, are we so sure that Meikle Hardman's a good player? Are we so sure that Josh Gordon is a good player? Are we so sure that Travis Kelsey is just you know, uh, exceptional when you let him free and you, and you double Tyreek Hill? Because that's what teams are doing. They're taking away Tyreek Hill, and they're saying, go ahead, take Kelsey. Go ahead, throw him the ball. 
you, you can have those yards. Right now, they're not scoring points. Right now, the, the Bills are doing whatever the hell they want on offense and, and, and taking the game away on Sunday night, even after a rain delay, even after you had extra time to figure out what the hell they were doing. And it, it used to be that Kansas City, you, you were optimistic. At least that's, that's what the media was telling me there in the fan base, that you were optimistic. Well, we can score 30 points any game. We have Patrick Mahomes, so it's all good. Well, guess what? Now you do have to score 30 points every game. And it doesn't seem to be so optimistic now. Kansas City has struck out on this formula. And they have to get it going and fix it here in a hurry. Because guess what? The rest of the division, no slouch. There, there, there's no um, you know egg-on-your-face type of team in the AFC West. So if you think you're just going to waltz to another AFC West title, think again. And I'm not writing them off. I'm saying they got serious issues if they think they can just show up, ball out, come fourth quarter, and number 15 is going to save the day. Because guess what? We're five games through the season, and it's not happening outside of week one in Cleveland. But that's a good team. You played a hard-fought game for four quarters there. That's the way you should be playing the rest of the rest of the way. But it's just not happening. And then I, I see... Yesterday, I see what I've seen with a couple of other big games with Kansas City, and that's Andy Reid talking about penalties. Like, he, he didn't like the Frank Clark roughing the passer. And I remember that shit from New England in the AFC Championship game in 2018. I remember that in the Super Bowl last year, talking about penalties and flags. It's just like, oh, my God. If you complain about penalties in the NFL, you are just a certified loser. Losers talk about penalties. Winners never do. And the Chiefs, anytime there's a big game, whether against the Buffalo Bills, to see how you can size up against the rest of your conference, or if it's the Super Bowl, if it's the playoffs, of course penalties come to the picture. And again, you know, I, I heard it from the locker room. I, I I really don't like where this team is at. And I remember a couple weeks ago, Mahomes tweeted out immediately after the game. I thought that was weird. Got a push to my phone just minutes after they lost to the Chargers. He, he's on Twitter after the game, tweeting stuff out, talking about adversity. And now you got Tyron Matthews saying teams want to be like us. Well, no, guess what? Teams are ahead of you right now. They do not want to be like you. They're better than you. You're last in the division. You guys may want to be like them because they're ahead. You know, the, the losers talk about the past. Fakers talk about the future. What are you doing right now? Right now, you're two and three, and you're not a good football team. And Kansas City, they got to get it going in a hurry. Definitely caught a lot of that uh, Cleveland Browns-Chargers game. It was the late afternoon slate along. Uh, saw some of the Cowboys-Giants game. I, I actually flipped on the television when Daniel Jones got hit with that concussion. Didn't catch it at the time, but then replayed it or caught the replay as far as him wobbling off the field. And you go, holy smokes, man. That guy got cleaned up. And the fact that they uh, put up the points that they did against Dallas with no Kenny Galladay, no Saquon, no Daniel Jones. Um, they were also, they were missing another guy. But, I mean, they, they were just, oh, they, they haven't had the receivers, Slayton and the other guy. Just been a tough break for the Giants. Uh, they're just not really a, a well-run organization overall, but they have had some tough luck there. Um, and, you know, you look on the other side of the field and the Cowboys, man, they are just humming right now. They are just humming, scoring points, playing defense, and you reach a point in week five when you have to 
really consider a team, much like the Arizona Cardinals, you're no slouch. Maybe your scars will be revealed later on in the season, but you're no slouch. And anybody that thought that this was a uh, you know hollow Cowboys team, you're dead wrong. They got some star power on the offensive side of the ball, and they also have a playmaker by the name of Trevon Diggs who just gets a pick every every game, literally every game. And you can say that it's a opportunistic statistic. You got to actually have the opportunity to take the ball and you got to be at the right spot at the right time. And therefore, maybe you luck into a few. No, sometimes you just got a nose for the football. Travon Diggs has that. Much like Tyron Matthew back in the day. He's kind of slowed up a little bit, but I just remember saying the same thing about him coming out of the draft. He just makes plays. Some guys are just football players. Travon Diggs, definitely one of those. And I... When I was watching the game, seeing how Dak was doing, wasn't surprised because he's been doing this for a while and he's been continuing to progress. And, you know, he's putting up career numbers, 8.3 yards per attempt. He's on track over a course of, uh, you know, a full season, used to be 16 games, now it's 17 games, to have his highest yards per attempt, 8.3 right now, 13, nearly 1,400 yards passing, 13 touchdowns. And you know what the good thing about this is for the Dallas Cowboys? They waited. They waited and said, I want to make sure Dak Prescott can do all of this. And they they let the time just play out. I, I, I remember at the time that people clamoring for the Cowboys to sign him to an extension earlier so they pay him less money. But the risk in that is that you, you turn into the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams where you have to dump Carson Wentz where you have to dump uh, Jared Goff, where you are the Houston Texans and you have to dump Brock Osweiler. Obviously, different situation, but they ran into free agency, paid him a whole bunch of money, traded him exactly one year after. Sometimes you just got to wait it out. The Washington football team did the same thing with Kirk Cousins. And while they don't have a quarterback, I don't know if they're exactly missing Kirk Cousins. Remember when they paid him like $30 million a year two years in a row on one-year deal, deals and said, yeah, we, we just kind of want to wait it out. We don't know about this guy yet. Love you. Love what you bring to the table, but I don't know if you can really bring that extra that comes with a guaranteed contract. And you know what? The Cowboys did the same thing with Dak. They said, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to pay our, our offensive tackles. We're going to play pay our guard, Zach uh, Martin. We're going to pay Jalen Smith. That was a you know, bad move. They cut him earlier. But we're going to pay Zeke, who's a weapon, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out, you know, the quarterback situation. We, we just need a little bit more time. Love Dak, but you know, we're going to play this out. Sorry, business decision. And look, it's, a, it's worked out fine. You know what you're getting. Dak Prescott, soldier, does everything that the head coach asks of, asks of him. Cowboys quarterback, very savvy at the podium, knows exactly what to say. Don't have to worry about him. At 2 a.m. on a weekend, you know exactly where he's going to be. He's going to be at home. He's already going to have uh, uh, had cut up the film. But some of these other guys, you, you sign into these contracts so early, and then next thing you know, you got to bail out. And I, I think about Baker Mayfield. And, you know, again, just cannot pull from behind. Continues to lose after his team is trailing. And it just goes to show, Dak Prescott, by the way, a lot of fourth quarter comebacks in his career. Baker Mayfield, he, he cannot win from behind. And I look at this cat and I think $35 million plus a year? Like, are you really about to sign up for that, Cleveland? It doesn't look like it. I think Andrew Barry is taking the smart approach here and waiting. 
But if they do this, I think it's a mistake, especially when Jimmy Garoppolo is about to be out on the free agent market. Because, I mean, you draft a guy in the first round, I think the 49ers are, are going to have that guy play at some point, even though Trey Lance was awful yet again in his first start of his career, which not nothing against that kid. I just think the 49ers have set him up to fail. But with Baker Mayfield, I, I don't see a great athlete. He took a sack at a very critical time in the game. Cannot play from behind. You look around at Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. You, you see athletes on the field, and I, I just look at Baker Mayfield. He's short. He's chubby. Doesn't move well. Can only play one style of football, play action, and, and with a ground and pound run game. And he has two starting running backs on his team. Is that sustainable? Do you really want to pay thirty five million plus a year for that? I don't think so. Take a page out of Dallas's playbook. Wait it out. String it along as much as you can. After that, don't be afraid to move off it. Washington, do you think they miss Kirk Cousins? I think he's a nice player. He's not a great player. I don't think Washington misses him one bit. Dallas, do they regret waiting? Do they regret paying Dak $40 million a year now? No, I don't think they do because they know what they're getting. You know exactly what you're getting with Dak Prescott because you waited. Jared Goff, you thought you knew what you were getting, and then you had to bail. Carson Wentz, you thought you knew what you were getting, then you had to bail. It's right in front of your eyes, Cleveland. Look at it. Wait it out. See what you think. Go from there. So this is something that came across the ticker, as they call it, um, early in the morning on Monday. I guess the Astros again, which I haven't been talking much baseball on this podcast. I have not stopped watching baseball. Baseball uh, great sport. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be a designated hitter probably in the National League, so I'm definitely soaking up the the games here, the innings, the outs of National League Baseball as probably in the next CBA that expires later on this winter with Major League Baseball, there probably will be a designated hitter in the National League. But I'm, uh, I'm watching baseball in the playoff games, and I had actually muted the, uh, the Chiefs-Bills game last night. I had dual monitors going again in the living room had the Sox game. They were uh, facing elimination, and they um, they fought it off. They were supposed to be a game four today, rained out in Chicago on the south side. Um, they'll be playing tomorrow, which I'm happy. I'll be able to catch that at least in full tomorrow afternoon. But the Astros, or excuse me, the, the Sox came out yesterday. At least Ryan Tapera did. Ryan Tapera came out yesterday and said, at least alluded to the Astros again stealing signs. And I read the quotes in full, which he said that, you know their history, you know how they swing and miss less at home and more on the road, and we found that out here today. He's basing it off of one game, because when you actually go to the statistics of how the Astros hit, they bat 268 batting average, 780 OPS on the road. At home, it's 267, 787 as far as their splits, batting average, and OPS. So it, it's actually identical, Ryan. It's actually identical. And, and this furthers the point that I, I thought the Houston Astros um, sign stealing, you know, everybody seems to think it's like this high-tech thing, you know, with uh, with technology in the dugouts now and, and iPads and going back to film review. No, this was a case of them having television to the regional broadcast and banging it on a trash can. It, it was very simple. Okay, this was dinosaur sign ceiling, practically. 
the, the Houston Astros have a very good collection of players. Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, uh, Kyle Tucker. Those are all first-round picks. Yuli, he was an international free agent. He, he would have been a first-round pick if he was part of the uh, domestic draft. All these other guys, first-round picks. Th- this is a very good team. And I didn't realize it. I knew it, but it was actually brought to my attention and it dawned on me after they said it. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. They've been to four straight Lee Championship Series. Four straight times they faced off against another team to represent the American League. You're a damn good team when you do that. You're damn good. And I know in 2017, that's when they, they started doing the, uh, the trash banging thing. And there's been statistics brought to the attention of the public via an Astros fan. He ran a study. Yes, there was a man who went back Every game during 2017, logged every single pitch from, and he had the audio turned up to see when the trash can banging happened. And it's pretty meager. It's pretty negligible the amount of times that the trash can was banged on. And Jose Altuve didn't happen for him. Yeah, that's why he's still a stud, because it didn't do anything for him. He didn't use it. Carlos Correa, still a stud. Alex Bregman, still a stud. Ryan Tapera, why do you think they would risk that after all the backlash, all the heat that they took. You really think they would try doing that again? Or are they just kicking ass? I know he, Ryan Tepera has been a very good pickup for the Sox. Went from the north side to the south side. Uh, got a 176 plus e, uh, ERA, ERE plus. Play, uh, pitching very good for the Sox. But l- let's stop with the, with the Astros cheating, asterisk, tainted World Series. No. Maybe they wouldn't have won it, but they very well could have won the 2017 World Series, even if they didn't do that trash pan, trash campaign uh, malarkey. An Astros fan logged it all. It was something that was pretty meager. Didn't help them that much. And now we still have guys talking about this. Like, they're about to be one game away from their fifth consecutive series to represent the AL in the World Series. I think it's time to give credit where credit is due. They're a damn good team. They got complete hitters. Dusty Baker, he's leading the squad, and he's got him on a mission, which I thought at first, "Ah, I don't know if this guy's the right man for the job, taking over for A.J. Hinch. It's kind of like you know pivoting, going the other way. Got to give Dusty credit. He's a baseball guy. Five different teams he's led to the playoffs. Going to represent his squad in the World Series, perhaps for for another year. And uh, he's got this team... Like connected. None of them went to the All-Star game. I thought that was awesome when they, uh, I think they had like five guys representing the AL. They just all said, yeah, we're not going. Thanks, but we'll stay home. We'll rest up. We'll just kick ass. I, you know, I, I kind of like seeing the Astros do their thing. Uh, and I think Tapera speaking out on this, just just pretty low of him. Pretty low. And he better hope that his socks uh, rattle off another W because otherwise Houston lineup, it's coming for him again. We're coming off a week in which the Rams and the Seahawks, they started on Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night football, which again, just continues to lap the rest of the TV shows out there. Remember when Thursday night football was supposed to be, uh, you know, just wiped off the board. People thought it was awful. Take it off. I can't stand it. Concussions, Thursday night football, uh, line from the owners. It's going to kill football. And now we look at the ratings. Thursday night football is up concussions are kind of in check here and the NFL is still thriving. 
yeah, NFL is doing great. They are printing cash, and I watched every snap of that Seahawks and Rams game. I didn't think it was a great game. I thought it was one of those games where you grind it out, see who's tougher, because we're in week five now. Those Thursday night games, it's a battle of attrition, man. Who can stay healthiest? Who's got the grit? Who's got the toughness? Some of these games, though, they they could get ugly. Like it, it could be like that, you know, uh, 23-21 victory. Who's going to get it? That's what this game kind of was. The Rams, they eked it out. Russell Wilson, freak injury. He, uh, he had his finger, his middle finger on the helmet, or maybe it was the ring finger. Either way, he had to come out. Geno Smith, a guy who I've kind of uh, pounded the table for. I don't think he's that bad. I think he had a bad rap with the Jets. Uh, he went on to L.A., was a backup. He's been a backup for Seattle. Uh, I think he played okay, obviously, through that pick. That was not really his fault to end the football game. But the big takeaway here with Seattle is I'm starting to think this uh, John Schneider, Pete Carroll relationship. A lot of people talk about Wilson and Pete Carroll. I think this is more of a general manager, head coach situation. Pete Carroll wants to continue to play football the way he wants to play. And he wants more control of the roster. Now, he does have control. I think John Schneider does a very good job getting the players that he wants. But ultimately, I think there's some disagreement. Because right now, Carroll in the cornerback room on the defensive side of the ball, a.k.a. Pete's thing, those cornerbacks, they suck. I was watching that Rams game, Cooper Cup, uh, Robbie Trees, Robbie Woods, two great wide receivers, wide open. And I know those are two good wide receivers. I watch every Rams game. But guess what? I mean, they were running right by those cornerbacks. They have no tight end. Their offensive line, the Seahawks, below average. I I don't know what the team philosophy here is anymore. I know back in the heyday, Legion of Boom, they hit on all these like late round picks and turned out to be all Hall of Famers. If that was Pete, hats off to him. Okay, you found Earl Thomas in the... I mean, he was a first-round pick, so everybody knew he was good. But you found Cam Chancellor. Uh, you found Bruce Irving. Um, you found Richard Sherman. But guess what? Like, th- those days of, like, playing defense and-, and running the football with Marshawn Lynch, that shit's over. Like, th- that shit was 2013, 2014. You know what that is? Seven years ago. It's a different game now. And I think John Schneider, a guy who's always in tune with, um, you know, relating to players and finding guys who who fit the NFL today, he's kind of in this little situation where he has to answer to Pete and get him the players that he wants to play his brand of football, which he's done a good job. They got Chris Carson, um, and they they found that offensive lineman as well. But, you know, this thing with Pete Carroll where it's just simple, play fast, play with effort, great fundamentals. Like, yeah, that's all good stuff, and you need all of it. But, but you do have to, like, keep up with the times of, like, how to play. Like, you know, they, they've diversified their playbook a little bit on defense. But now are your players matching up with it? Because you, you drafted all these guys to play the cover three. Now you're kind of, you know, walking away from that because you realize you have to. But now your players aren't good for that. And then on offense, you don't have any talent. So I, I, I'm really lost with this whole thing. Like, who's going to go first? Is it going to be Pete Carroll? Is it going to be John Schneider? I tend to think that Pete, I mean, he is in his 70s, but that guy, I mean, you just look on the sideline, he still has the energy, still loves to coach. And that's the biggest takeaway with these coaches. I mean, you look at Belichick, 
He once said he's not going to coach into his 70s. He sure as shit looks like he wants to coach into his 70s. That guy's still dialed in. So I tend to think that Pete, he's going to outlast Schneider, namely because I think Schneider's going to say, yeah, you know, I, I mean, just look, you, you do your thing. We had our run. I, I'm going to move on and, and I'm going to get back to doing things, you know, more my way. I'm going to go to a situation where I can dictate the roster. Because right now, th- this this whole idea uh, of just like, you know, playing simple on offense, playing great defense uh, and trying to win that way, like that shit's over. That shit's done. And, and there's going to be some general manager jobs that open up. Namely, I think the Giants are going to. And I could see John Schneider leaving Seattle to go to that job. And, you know, it just makes me think, can Wilson Carroll playing the brand of football with Carroll calling the shots, is that going to work? Because we already know Wilson is kind of already taking uh, he's taking a peek out the door. I'm not saying he's out the door, but he's looked out it. Anytime you have your agent tell Adam Schefter the teams that you would go to if you wanted to be traded, I'm not saying I want to be traded, but if I did... These are the teams I would go to. When you got Wilson leaking that to ESPN, it just makes me think, you know, Wilson, Carroll, no Schneider. Where's this all headed? Because he's going to be out for a month and Seattle for the first time in a long time, you always used to think they would figure it out. And as we head into week six, I just, I just don't know if that's going to be the case. Appreciate everybody listening. Thanks so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe, review, five stars, share it uh, directly from the Pete Forsey podcast feed. Uh, there's no such thing. I'm just making that up. But tell your friends, tell your uh, your folks about the podcast, what we have going here. We're going to be going every week, every Monday. We talk NFL, love baseball too. That's going to be in full swing as far as the playoffs. Uh, as we go deeper, we'll have the championship series starting on Friday and Saturday, and it'll be interesting to see what the Sox and the Astros look like tomorrow. But uh, 816-226-7483, that's the call line, that's the text line, at Pete4C, all social media. You can send your questions, you can send your thoughts, uh, you can get your chance to be on the show if you want to hit up the call line or have your text read aloud. We will do that for you. Tell your friends, tell your family. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you next week.